Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solution to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuel Ettini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. Welcome to another episode. And today we have a guest with us. She has 15 years of experience leading diverse and complex marketing strategy internationally across major brands as IMG International, Castrol, Mattel, Disney. With her, we are going to find out a little bit more about what makes her tick, her thoughts on sustainability and about being a woman in leadership. Welcome so much. It's such an honor for, me, for us to have you, Nupur Gadkari. Thank you, Nupur, for being here. Thank you, Samuel. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a real pleasure to have you. You have a bestseller author. You have been in the corporate world with uh, positions. Now you are leading and you are a woman also in many of the business who are trying to lead and breaking the ceilings. Before discussing that, I think it would be interesting for the audience to know a bit more about your story. Who is Nupur and what is your background? I've been born and brought up in Mumbai, India. So all of my school, college, undergrad was very much in Mumbai. And after that, I've had the opportunity to work with several companies uh, in several different roles of marketing. And they range from everything from brand marketing to sports marketing, digital marketing, channel marketing. So I've just had the privilege of having a really diverse experience in this field. I'm the eldest of three siblings, and I absolutely love writing poetry. I, In my free time, I also do a lot of sketching and art, so acrylic on canvas, oil on canvas. And that, you know, to me, anything creative uh, really draws me because I feel like it's my bit of time that I sort of devote to that hobby. And it becomes sort of meditation when you literally cut out from everything that's going on and focus only on those three hours or four hours of art or creativity in some form. So I absolutely love it. I'm doing my full-time MBA now at Warwick Business School. And it's been a great journey because being a student after 15 years is not easy, you know, and, and, and I've been working back to back for the last 15 years in marketing. So Getting back to books, being a student, chasing assignments, studying for exams is a whole new world all over again. But I'm loving the journey and I'm, I absolutely love that I took this decision and came back to Warwick for the second time. Thank you so much. It's really interesting and a pleasure. And I want to ask you a bit about you. You have a very extensive marketing uh, experience, especially in the, in the corporate world in, in India. From the point of view of the marketing, so how we can market sustainability, how we can foster sustainability, and especially maybe a bit on the Indian subcontinent? You know, it's a really interesting question. Sustainability today is becoming more and more the buzzword, um, and everybody is getting to know more and more about it. Today, I think I find a lot of consumers more aware of what sustainability is and why it's important in our lives. Um, so when we talk about global warming, when we talk about say no to plastics, I think that awareness has come from all the education that brands have started to build to say, look, this is how we use our products, make our products, manufacture our products. And I think that's a really responsible way of communicating how you are as a brand. 
and you know they used to say even in the past consumer is king and honestly uh, being a marketer for 15 years that truth has not changed so tomorrow if a majority of the consumers decide to boycott a brand or a product that is not sustainable or doesn't believe in preserving the environment i feel like they have the power to really overthrow that brand out of business you know um and because brands and more importantly consumers are becoming more and more aware i think it's time we add a fifth p to the four p's of marketing so you know you have the product price place and promotion but i think we need to add planet because preserving the planet is absolutely key and if if consumers decide to say i'm sorry i believe in sustainable products end to end so if you don't change we're not going to buy that will put a lot of pressure on companies that aren't doing anything sustainable yet and because this is becoming a worldwide phenomena it's not just true for india but it's true for every other country uh, there's lots of brands you know that believe in sustainability end to end so right from I heard of one of the brands, um, you know, who who are in apparel, and right from the fabric that they choose for their t-shirts and tops and jeans, to the packaging, to the labels on the packaging, to uh, the printing and the ink that that it takes to to say the price on the label, everything was made out of sustainable. Right to if you don't end up wearing your t-shirt for too long, there's a way to return it to the brand, and then they make sort of recycle it, reuse it, and resell it to someone else. So that was amazingly refreshing because that's what we need to do we need to understand how important it is to be more sustainable today and thank you so much but i think the insights you gave us to adding the planet p i think is is also fundamentally crucial in this decade it is the last decade we are reading on the newspaper we are on the brink of reaching the 1.5 it is really now also the responsibility of businesses to ensure that you know i want to to go a bit deeper in your experience in the corporate world because in the podcast we had many leaders i pride me the host of 90% of guests of our podcast are women so it's it's really interesting how how they are working sustainability and really fostering the, this concept you know in the corporate world and i want to ask a bit of your experience in how to be a leader especially in the business world and given your uh, your also focus on on sustainability which are the stories that you can share with us and how you have broken some of the ceilings that still held the women you know that's my favorite question samuel because in the corporate world in the last 15 years so much has changed for women and women in business is now becoming a buzzword is is also now becoming something people are looking uh, to you know have have a part of their diversity and inclusion agenda but you know it it hasn't always been this easy because initially women always i mean i have seen pay disparities i have seen women not getting promotions i have seen women not getting certain specific jobs that they'd like to do and experience uh only because you know i think there's a perception that being a woman comes with being a homemaker being a mother being a partner being having added responsibilities that may distract you from your day-to-day jobs and i believe that's a very orthodox and regressive view because women i feel make the best managers they're they're really great at multitasking they're able to balance the practical and the emotional quotient um and this is not i'm not saying this because i'm a woman but i have noticed uh, more often than not that women are able to take more sound decisions 
as well in certain situations. This is not to have any sort of bias to either gender, but being a woman, I've I've had some really tough questions because I remember in interviews sometimes the outcome of me getting a job w- would be largely dependent on, I remember once I got asked, so are you planning to get married? And I said, I'm sorry, that's a little personal. And, you know, this person said, yeah, you know, but we just need to plan because if you get married and then you have, you know, you plan a family and then, so we've got a, and I said, that's got nothing to do with my merit and how I fit this role and how I know I can contribute to this role and be really good at it. I've also had some people, you know, ask me questions about, oh, we didn't know you knew pricing strategy. And I said, why? Why would that be a question? No, we just don't. We never thought you could do pricing. You could price a product. You could come up with a pricing structure. And I, To me, those questions were so vague and they were so different and I said why the distance and the discrimination or the you know or or saying we didn't know you could do it you know it's it's not been the easiest so I feel like every woman today needs to understand her potential I think it's very important not to fall into the traps of all these dialogues and big labels people give us I haven't had it as hard as some other women you know some some stories are really horrific Uh, But I think you are your own person. You are the only person who can break your own glass ceiling. And you have the power to change how people look at you. It's not to say you have to prove something. It's to just be yourself. And it's not been easy for me. But at every time I had to define my boundaries, I had to define what I am uh, in a corporate world. And yeah, uh, slowly but surely we got to where we are. And it's been 15 years now with some really amazing brands. Sometimes when I hear the stories and many, they've come also in the podcast, it's really saddening, you know, to see still this blockage and those type of questions. It's also not wise as a business perspective. You are choosing away talent. It's really not also wise as a business uh, decision. But I I can see and we can see the process and people like you that really sticking out and being leaders, you know, a women leader and also helping others, you know, other women, especially in your role in the business school. It's really important. And I want also to discuss a bit this, you know, you are the leader of the marketing group, you are working with the students, you are coaching women leaders. If you can explain a bit your role and the work that uh, you are doing. Sure. So my current stage as a student at Warwick Business School, I am the ambassador for the school. I'm also a part of the global mentoring steering committee. So I'm a mentor myself and Year on year, we get a bunch of mentees matched to us so we can help them in their journeys and help them navigate their journeys and decisions, usually in, in their professional lives. And I've, I've also taken up some roles as a part of my student year because I don't know if I'll ever get, get that opportunity again. I'm the co-president of the marketing club and I'm also the content director for TEDx Warwick. And all of these roles uh, essentially have you know, uh, different reasons and the why I I sort of decided to associate with them. Essentially, uh, you know, being a mentor, for instance, is I I feel very passionate about it because I never had that opportunity when I was in my formative years in my career. And I feel like a mentor can add a lot of perspective because he or she is so experienced in their field. They've seen more of the career world and the corporate world than us. Um, And I feel like sometimes those drops of wisdom are so important to sort of help you navigate your journey in your life. 
Um, and all of us have a different journey. We're in our personal lives, we're at different stages. So, you know, a mentor adds that insight. And I think for me, my mentor constantly pushed my boundaries, pushed me, challenged me to be almost like a better version, like a better 2.0 version of Nupur, which I wasn't thinking of, but then that conversation helps. So for me, it was about giving back when I decided to become a part of this program and how I can, you know, help someone else who was at the same stage as me uh, in, in their life. Being a part of the marketing club and being the co-president, it was a no-brainer for me. I absolutely love marketing. I breathe marketing. I live marketing. And it's been my life for so long. I'm, I'm so passionate about it. And I love that it brings out, you know, pushes me to think harder, pushes me to think out of the box. So for me, you know, when I, when I was a part of my cohort, I, I realized that not everyone comes from a marketing background. Everyone, some people are from the sales background, business development, operations. And then to me, you know, I, I decided if I had the chance to show them how amazing marketing is, if we have some great industry speakers as a part of the club or discuss some case studies that might give them a better insight then why not? Because I really, really love marketing. I do. Um, so that's that's why I took on that, you know, the role of, of being the co-president for the year. And we've had some amazing, amazing speakers this year. And with Ted, uh, you know, I am a absolute strong believer that an idea can come from anywhere. It can be, you know, someone who, who is working in the admin staff of your office to the CEO, to the managing director, to someone who just delivers milk. Because honestly, ideas are powerful and they can come from absolutely anywhere. So TED is all about ideas. TED is all about giving ideas a platform so they can get heard and seen. And because I believe in that as well, I took on this role. So it's been a great year with some amazing extracurricular activities. Let me also say it's not been the easiest because the MBA is so intensive and it's a full-time job, if I may say that. But being a part of all of this also opens your eyes to newer perceptions, gets you to meet new people, young and old, uh, gets you to understand their perspective. So I think every experience is the learning for me and, and that's what I'm trying to do this year. Thank you so much Nupu. It's wonderful you're doing so many things and you you just had uh, I think last month a wonderful TED, uh, TEDx at Warwick with wonderful speakers. We have organized a greater and some of the speakers also came already in the podcast and you have not mentioned you are also being nominated a few, few days ago MBA to watch but poet and once. So it's really you are a rising star and doing so much and, and working a lot. And your passion, especially in the mentoring, is a, is a testament of your work and, and how you want to give back. And I mentioned also another thing, you know, another feather <laughs> on Nupu, <laughs> for Nupu. It is, you are a best-selling author. You have seen, you have the business side, the marketing, the coaching, the communication, but also the what you, you mentioned before, the creativity, you know, and poetry, art. Can you tell us a bit more about that side of Nupur and how it also helped growing in your experiences? My journey has, has its ups and downs and it's had its lots and lots of learnings and lots and lots of experiences. So I started writing when I was about 14 years old and I used to write because it was a way for me to channelize at the time how I was feeling or what I was seeing, or what I was observing. And I never really 
you know, started writing with an intention to publish. I started writing just to feel better, to channelize all of my feelings and emotions and energies into words. And I realized that writing is therapeutic. Writing helped me feel lighter. It felt, helped me sort of have a friend in a book. And I, I would keep doing that as, as, as many times as I remember. And uh, just recently, two years ago, I remember starting my handle called Verses and Sonnets on Instagram and Facebook. And I started publishing some of this just, you know, on, on, on these pages for free. I mean, there was nothing. Today, my Facebook page has 20,000 followers. My Instagram has about 3,000 followers and it's growing. And it's not just so much about the numbers. It was more about what people were writing to me. They, you know, so many people and readers said, this is what I'm going through right now. Thank you so much for sharing this. This is what I remember feeling at that time. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what I started realizing is that whatever I was writing was resonating with some people. And I said, you know, at the time that you were 14, you didn't have this friend. You didn't have a verse or a sonnet or a poem to turn to. You didn't have a book to read that could help you feel better because you were writing. So why not publish what you've been writing so that more people can benefit from it? And what if this book becomes a friend to someone else when they really, really need it? And that's how that journey started. And that's how I decided to publish. And Little did I know the response was amazing. The book got launched and went on to become an international bestseller, went on to become an Amazon number one in three categories on Amazon. And I was just, I, I was a bit overwhelmed because I didn't know that so many people would accept it with open arms and give it so much love and support. But more importantly, I'm just happy because all of the wonderful words I get, get to read after people have read the book. Some people have said it brought me to tears. Some people said I felt lighter. Some people said this is the best book ever. Some people said this is what I've gone through and I can't believe you've captured it in these words. And I just feel like if it's making a difference then I should continue that journey. So that's how the author happened. And that's how that side of, you know, uh, one of my hobbies converted into something which, which became something meaningful to someone else. And that exalts the human side, uh, the way also you can touch people's lives and relate with the, the problems. And uh, I think it's a, it's a good, the two legs, which the brain and the art that we are working. You are very good in your work in marketing, the business and the rational side, but you're also able to get through and also get the people. As, as you said, you know, when you write, you touch people's art and soul. So it, it's really important for us. And I want you to, to appeal a bit on the, that side of Nupur, you know, the touching the earth and soul to, to give us a message you know, for the audience, the, the, the vast audience that is listening to us. See, what are your thoughts and what is your, what is your call for action? I feel like I would leave everyone with one message that be proud of who you are. Everybody has their own journeys, their own learnings in life. And there is no right and wrong. You've got to be true to who you are and you've got to be proud of that. It took me a long time to realize who I was, to have, you know, some level of self-worth and accept that this is who I am. So be proud of who you are, be kind and be truthful as much as you can help it because it's, life has its own twists and turns and, and you know, there's, there's lots of distractions, diversions, but you've got to be able to look at yourself every day. 
And I remember writing this one line when I was probably at my, not in a great space. And I remember writing, you are your own silver lining because there's no cloud and it's just you. So it's up to you to create that silver lining. It's up to you to be that silver lining and believe that you can be. So all I would say to everyone listening is believe in yourself. I know it sounds cliched and overly said, but believe me, when you realize your own potential and you realize what you're worthy of, there's no looking back. And I'm learning every day. I haven't yet reached that end. And I'm learning every single minute of how that journey unfolds. And so far, it's been amazing. So be proud, be brave and be your own silver lining. Thank you so much, Nupur. It's been a real pleasure and thank you for these words. I think it's really insightful for us and also for the discussion we, we had. So I'm really honored to have you as a guest and thank you for the insights and for, for the work that you are doing. Thank you so much. So happy to be here, Sanu. Thank you for this opportunity. Really appreciate it. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.